Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. All right. Welcome to the Friday Habit. I'm excited, Mark. We got some good guests with us today. Well, tell me about it, Ben. Well, well, Mark, we have another Mark, Mark Ackler, and we have Mert Esheri. Um, and I will read a couple intros here, and you guys can correct me when I mess up, okay? So we got, we got Mark. Mark's an early employee of Apple and head of innovation at Redbox. Um, he's been creating and investing in tech startups since 1986. Side note, that was the year I was born. Today, he is a founding <laughs> partner of Math Ventures, a technology venture capital fund, and an adjunct professor at Northwestern Kellogg School of Management. Matt Esheri, is, uh, he co-founded SwipeSense, a healthcare technology company acquired by SC Johnson in 2020. Before that, he co-founded Design for America, a national network of students using design thinking to create social impact, now part of the IBM Watson Foundation. And he's also currently an entrepreneur in residence at Math Venture Partners. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. That was the longest bios well, I've well, ever well, read. I, I don't think well, I did too bad. You right. did great. You did yeah. great, man. Yeah. So excited to be here. Yeah. yeah, it's really an honor. Thank you. I, I need a break. You guys go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I got a question for you. Would you rather give up your GPS or Netflix? That's easy for me, but Mark, you go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, that's really simple. I'd rather give up the GPS. It's <laughs> <laughs> like no brainer. <laughs> You know, I think I'd give up Netflix. I mean, as much as I like Ozarks and, uh, you know, some of those other shows, I feel like I'd be so lost without GPS. And I always, whenever I, like, call somebody, like a, a business or a restaurant or something like that, I use the GPS app to, like, find them and then call the number. You know, I'm, I'm a geek. I'm actually old school. I, I, I use a GPS, but I love maps. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No problem. No problem. Yeah. And I, okay. do you remember the days we used to, what we used to do is we used to get on MapQuest before we leave the house and I print, print out, print out, yeah, you'd print out the instructions of how to get somewhere and then you'd have your physical map that you could open up and then follow the instructions. Yeah. Good times. I'm giving up Netflix, guys. That's easy for me. Um, okay. Because um, after, after my company got acquired, you know, one of uh, the person who wrote our forward, actually, Brad Feld, he gave us advice that we actually included in the book is, it said like for six months, don't make any financial decisions. Like people are going to come to you, like don't like you're gonna you're gonna want to buy stuff or like the, yeah whatever. yeah. Like, for founders, this is literally the first time where you actually have any amount of money. And m most entrepreneurs will resonate with this. Look, it's a lot of sweat, blood, and tears that go into like making your company. Uh, and you get underpaid, you lose out on like revenue, like money that you could have made as a professional. So it was for the first time I had like, you know, we're not talking, you know, I'm going to buy myself an island money, but it's like I'm going to shop from Whole Foods and I'm not going to care about it kind of money. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, yep. So I had that. And for like six months, I'm like, I'm not I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. L literally like month six, <laughs> I bought myself a 
van from Japan, a 1992 Toyota Hiace. I like bought oh, this from nice. auction. Um, imported from Japan, like it went to Sacramento, like drove it back to Chicago. Now I had this like super cool old school near mint. It like had 6,000 miles on it. Oh, and this wow. like really insane dope van right now. And I just love driving around in this thing. Like it's not fancy. Top speed is no. 50 miles per hour <laughs> downhill with the wind in your back. So like it's not, yeah. we're not talking like fancy in here. But I just love getting lost in this thing, and like without GPS, I'd be I'd be a dead bird, man. So like I I need I need the GPS much yes. more than Netflix. Yeah, totally. that's me too. GPS all the way. All right, Mark's the, the the one out where he's like, he likes that show, and he's he's got a good brain. <laughs> he's too smart, you know. He knows how to get everywhere. He's got the streets memorized, you know. He can count up and count down those blocks and be like, I know exactly where that is. You know, Chicago is a grid. Right, and right. And, and it's all numbers. Like, and I grew up here. I grew up in the, on the okay. south side of Chicago. So you know. I know, yeah. That's right. That's awesome. Well, hey, you know, tell us a little bit about, we heard your amazing bios. And, uh, you know, so it seems like uh, it's almost like with your powers combined, there's nothing you can't do together. But how, really how did you does. guys meet? And, and where did this, uh, you know, this whole relationship start? Yeah. Mert, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell the story? I met Mark years ago. Um, Mark teaches at Northwestern. He is, uh, he doesn't call himself this. This is my like nickname for him. He's sort of like the Yoda of startups in, in <laughs> Chicago and beyond. He's sort of like the person that you go to to be like, I have a lightsaber. Like, like what do I do with this? Yeah. And Mark's like, child, sit down. <laughs> Let me tell you about the force. <laughs> like, he's this, this, this incredible give first, like champion of founders. And I was like a bright eyed founder who like, Oh man, I can do anything. And you know, I, I really wanted Mark as an investor, like through Math Venture Partners, our, our venture fund. And uh, you know, I pitched three times. It was all no's, like all all three times. It was it was not now's, which is much different than no. We'll get into that as later part of the conversation. But I really looked up to him and sort of like learned from him over years before we decided to sell SwipeSense and Mark sort of became my sort of unofficial like brain trust where I was like, oh my God, this thing is on fire. Like when things are falling apart, like I need some help. Who are you going to call? Like Mark was that like, phone call for me. Um, and he was a tremendous like help throughout the exit process. But then afterwards, you know, what, once the dust had settled and the deal had gone through, um, you know, I, you know, he sort of became my, again, unofficial <laughs> counselor, like, like thought, thought partner, mentor, teacher, how, whatever you want to call this, like a voice of reason that really sort of like guided, okay, like what were the lessons learned in the exit process? And that really became such an engaging, such a fruitful collaboration. We decided to write a book together and, and became really, really close in the, in the process. And, and, you know, like side note, if you want to be either mortal enemies or lifelong friends with someone, go write a book together. You will <laughs> learn... <laughs> you, will, yeah. you will learn a lot uh, about you and most certainly about the other person's, <laughs> like everything about them. Um, di yeah. Dietary preferences, like sleep <laughs> habits, like you will learn everything. Uh, yeah, um, but we, we became fans of each other and I decided to join Math Venture Partners as an entrepreneur in residence uh, after leaving my, my job at, at, at SwipeSense, my, my role, uh, after after a decade. So that's how we that's how we got to know each other. Mark, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to see what I, what I missed out. 
Well, Mark, I, 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 one thing I too, I was curious about, um, you know, because you became, how, how did you become the Yoda? I mean, it seems like you have a lot of life experience, <laughs> uh, you know, as an employee of Apple and head of innovation at Redbox, which I'm sure was amazing. Um, but like, at what point did you be, like turn into that, you know, go from the young Padawan to like the Jedi master? Yeah. When did I become <laughs> the old guy? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was this young, hip, apple guy. Now I'm the old fart. You know, I've also been a CEO. I've started four businesses from scratch, four startups. And I have a lot of scar tissue. I've made yeah. a ton, ton mm. of mistakes, mm. a ton of mistakes over the course of years. And um, one of the things I learned, to add on to Mert's story, was when you meet somebody, you can think about it as a moment in time. You can think about it as a transaction. So every day, for as a as a VC, four or five different companies pitch me, and the vast majority of the time we say no, and most entrepreneurs think to themselves, "Okay, that's it. It's a moment in time. I'm moving on." You know that rat bastard said no, <laughs> uh, but what they fail to realize is it's not a moment in time. It's the opportunity to build a relationship over time. So when I first met Mert, I fell in love. It's a bromance. You know, (laughs) we became became really good friends. And even though it wasn't appropriate, uh, Swipe Sense didn't meet our investment thesis, my investment wasn't in the company. My investment was in Mert. My investment was in a friendship and in a relationship. And even though he pitched us three different times over 10 years, he's now part of Math Venture Partners. Like huh. We said no every time. And if you think about building relationships over decades, as opposed to a transaction in one moment in time, and so, you know, that's part of the life lessons. You asked how, you know, it's just lots of scar tissue. Yeah. And, 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 and I would add a give back mentality. So anchored in humility and just in the spirit of how can we give back? And we wrote this book in the spirit of giving back. Yeah, that's that's so true. I, I, I love that. And I, I, I think about how uh, even with my own business, how um, each relationship that I've had throughout the years has brought me to where I'm at. And I can kind of, you know, look back and see like, oh, I met that person who connected me with that person who, you know, helped me, you know, here and there. And so, yeah, I think it's so many times we, we get in that mindset of the hustle and grind and crush and just keep moving, moving, moving. And you, sometimes you forget to like slow down and be present and think about what you have, uh, you know, within your, your sphere that can make, maybe make an impact on you or maybe make an impact on your business. Well, and, and I'll, I'll add, too, that when I joined Redbox, I was 50. I'm 64 now. I was 50 when I joined Redbox. And I hadn't had a boss in 25 years. I'd been the CEO. I've always always was an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I realized I was, I was an okay boss. I was a nice guy, caring, but I was okay. I wasn't a great yeah. boss. And I took this opportunity when I went to join Redbox to be really hone my management chops, really be better at the art of being a manager. And one of the lessons I learned at the time was it's not about me, it's about 
my employees. And I put, I had enough success in my life. I put my employees front and center. And my job, the job to be done, was to be in their camp, to help them, nurture them, understand how they could grow in their career. And because of that, the trust that we built, we just walked through walls. We could, my teams could do anything. And we just loved one another. And I realized, I, sorry, I crystallized the, the, I have this empathy framework, which, which is, it's not about you, do your homework and bring a gift, right? And add value to the conversation. And that's, you know, it's just, just time and experience. Hmm. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> it really so, is. I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah, Mert, how, how do you, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your beginnings as far as, um, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, starting a business, you know, what did it look like when you, did you go to university or college? And then from, from there, were you like, I'm joining the corporate world or, or I'm going to start my own thing? What did that look like? You know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will empathize with this, but I kind of knew that I wanted to be a founder from a very early age on. Like I was the kid with the candy hustle in the <laughs> elementary school. Like yeah, I, you know, okay. I had my Snickers bars. Like I, that's yeah. what I was running. In high school, I had like a t-shirt printing thing where I was like, I'm printing t-shirts, like total copyright infringement, like not okay. <laughs> like I'm not saying go do this, but I was the kid and like yeah. I didn't know any better. But like I always like knew like this is – I, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sell some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> like this, this is, this is yeah. what I'm going to do. And I came to college and I did go to school. I, I was born and raised in Istanbul, Turkey, but oh, I ended okay. up in college in Chicago and you know, my world sort of just like exploded because it was such an exciting time where I was surrounded by like other thoughtful people who were also excited. Like I kind of like, I so like found my people for the first time. And I uh -huh. had this like incredibly like enriching, like, like people rich journey. And when I was getting ready to leave school, my first organization design for America, it was just getting started with like two of my like good friends who are still friends to this day. Uh, one of them actually became a co-founder, brother from another mother, Yuri, uh, who helped start Swipe Sense with me. Um, we began design for America as very much our first entrepreneurial venture where the, the end product wasn't what Design Forum could produce as projects. It was very much like we want students across the world to have the experience that we did working on projects that use design, that create social impact. How can we help more people feel this joy that we felt as, as, as students? I didn't know this at the time as like mini entrepreneurs, like the, the CEOs of their own projects. That was the attitude we brought to, to Design for America, which again, it started from Northwestern University. Now it's part of 40 plus campuses. IBM Watson Foundation acquired it th about three years ago. Uh, I, I'm, I'm super proud of what the network has become. Um, but that's sort of how I got started because one of those DFA projects was the kernel of what became SwipeSense later on. Now, at the time, it was not called SwipeSense. It was called MyWipe. Now, if you have a hygiene-related <laughs> product, MyWipe, <laughs> is not the best name. Like this isn't this isn't something that I would advise again to our audience like name yeah. your company after toilet paper. Like this is not th this wasn't great at the time. But for us, I mean, I remember like it was so comical but it, like it, I was like this senior in college we like oh, like, let's go to a hospital to talk about, like, my wipe. And I had this, like, like velvet cloth where we had, like, a 3D printed, like, <laughs> early prototype. And I would literally be in, like, this meeting with, like, physicians, whatever, and I was just like, my wipe. Like, what do you think? <laughs> and, like, I can't believe, like, no one pulled me aside and said, dude, 
change the fucking name. Like it's not, it's, it shouldn't be called, it shouldn't be called that. But I was so excited, so thrilled. And you know, that was the energy that helped us get started with just sort of this idea of like, hey, we want to help hospitals do better with quality, with outcomes. Patients shouldn't be going to hospitals to get sicker than they were before. Um, we, that was the spirit of like, we want to save lives. And that energy is what, what got us started with SwipeSense. And we changed the name literally like a week before we applied to like an accelerator to get our first investment. We're like, well, mywipe.com isn't available. Maybe we should need another name. And like we picked yeah. like a placeholder name, SwipeSense, which became like, which became oh, history. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So then where did, where did the energy come from to write this book, you know, exiting right? I mean, did you guys see so many people fail on, you know, selling their startup and, and losing out on returns? And, and I'm also curious, you know, the, the last part of the, the, the book title is build your legacy and like, what does that mean? And like, wh like, where does that go? Mark, go ahead. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of, a lot of different yeah. questions. Let, yes. let's, let's unpack that. Yeah. So first of all, there are a ton of business books out there, how to start a business, how to raise money, sales, marketing, culture, HR, messy middle. I mean, there's a ton of books out there, but there's very few books about how to sell your company. And when Mert was going through the process and afterwards, uh, it was a difficult process and he was grumbling a little bit. And I said, you know, why don't you write it down while it's still fresh in your memory so that the next time his, the acquiring company bought a different company, he could say, hey, guys, this is what I went through. Here's how we can make it better. And I poured 10 pages. And in those 10 pages, I looked at Mert and I realized, you know, there's a book here. And the reason there's that there's not a lot of information about how to sell your business. One, it's confidential. There's confidentiality agreements. Two, um, people, if it's a good outcome, people don't want to brag. Uh, if it's a, if right. it's not a good outcome, you know, <laughs> they're not <laughs> just proud of it. Yeah. But we realize that not every entrepreneur has access to more seasoned or experienced guides, coaches, or mentors. So that that was the journey. So we, we we wrote it down and and I have to tell you, it was so much fun. The we interviewed dozens of CEOs and we said to them, all right, what do you know now that you wish you knew before you started that process? Like, tell us the real story. Tell us, like, give us the good stuff. Give us the wisdom. If one of your kids was selling one of the, selling a business, what would you tell them? And we interviewed, I'm a big, we're big believers in empathy. So we wanted to talk to all, everybody around a transaction. So we talked to M&A attorneys and some of the best M&A attorneys on the planet. And we talked to bankers and we talked to the heads of corp dev at Facebook and Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Twitch and some of the, you know, Atlassian and Snowflake and some of the big tech companies and we said to the heads of Corp Dev, give us an example of some of your best deals and why. What made it such a good deal? And give us an example of one of your worst deals. And, and like, because a lot of transactions fail. And, and like, so t like, okay, really? You don't have to give us the name, but why did the transaction fail? And what do you wish CEOs knew before they came to talk to you? 
And it was mind blowing. I mean, like I, I thought to myself, you know, I've sold four businesses. I'm a VC. I, I've sat on dozens of boards. I've gone through lots of transactions. And I thought this process will just reinforce what I already knew. And I couldn't have been more wrong. I like I learned a ton. Wow. There's so much to know. And we just poured it into the book. That's awesome. So it sounds like you are like coming at it from every angle, which is really awesome. So it's like figuring out what's a win for the people that are buying the company, for people that are selling the company, the people that are involved in the company that's being sold, every single angle. That sounds awesome. Like I love the idea that you're trying to create like a win-win situation for everybody. Well, let's talk about legacy. And Mert, you are particularly articulate on that. I appreciate that. I wanted to actually tie it into exactly that, Ben. For us, a transaction isn't an immediate exchange where, okay, I sell you something, you pay me money for it. Like an exit isn't a moment in time. It's not a short-term exchange. It's a long-term exchange of value where the end product isn't just what we did right now. It's what the impact we're going to create as a unit, as a team. There's this unfortunate sort of like word, exit. Like it, it, it really isn't an exit. It's the beginning of something new. And that long-term nature is perhaps is one of the biggest things that we wanted to move the needle on as part of writing this book is entrepreneurs should view their, their eventual sale of their company really not the end of what they were building, but really the beginning of what is to what is yet to come. This is what the best deals are, are from that. And this isn't, by the way, a, sort of an, a judgment on Every founder has to stay on board for seven and a half more years after they sell the company. Maybe they're not part of that, that future building thing. But the reality is the buying companies buying something that will create future value, not just for that individual moment, but for like whatever the prior, whatever the buying company's priorities are. And if you think through the legacy of like what that future impact is going to be, it suddenly like generates a lot of trust and it also needs a lot of trust going into it as well because you're not going to sign up for something long-term with someone you don't trust to begin with. And that's for the buying company. This equally applies to the internal stakeholders of your startup. Look, how are you treating your people on the way out? I, will they work for your next company? Like, are you doing it behind the backs of, of the people that work for you? Are they, you know, half the company going to be laid off afterwards and you kind of like, did it behind their back. You like you did something that benefited you, but not them. Your reputation is going to outlive whatever money you make as part of this deal. And let's like let, let's just like like pound for pound. There is not an, enough amount of money that in our minds is worth for your integrity to walk out the door. You know, this is the moment where you truly show. Okay, do you have a spine as as a CEO? Do you want to actually come up with and honor that sacred agreement that you have with you and your team? while being transparent with your investors, while being transparent with your board, while being transparent with the acquiring company. This is very much a long-term exercise and very much what legacies are built on. Your legacy is built with the difficult decisions you make, not when you know, everything is kumbaya and everybody makes a billion dollars. Like th This is what we really wanted to hammer home here, where your decisions, your actions, your reputation is going to outlive no matter what you make as, as, part, of that, as part of that transaction. All right, we're going to pause this conversation here. Uh, you go to thefridayhabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. 
At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, Also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.